Amen. Praise the Lord. Why don't we give another hand, hand clap to the Lord? Um, I want to echo Sister Eldrina's sentiments. I want to also give honor to Pastor Gratian, Sister Gratian, um, for allowing us the honor and the privilege of sharing at your beautiful church. It is, it really is an honor. It really is a privilege that we can stand here in front of you people. Um, but I believe that I have a word from the Lord today. <laughs> I believe that the Lord has something that He wants to uh, He wants to encourage His church with. Amen. So. Three kings go to battle. They go to war against a fourth. And they mean war. They mean business. They're not here to play games. And they get all their, their armies. They get all their cattle. It's three against one. And the odds are almost laughable. It's almost a joke. And they set out to battle. But what should have been a direct route, what should have been a straightforward journey, became a circular journey. They just went around in circles. And what should have been a direct victory, what should have been a straightforward victory, uh, became not a defeat in a bloody battle, no, but it became, almost became an ignoble, a dishonorable defeat by dehydration. They ran out of water. Amen. So we're going to look at a scripture today. If we could stand for the reading of God's word one more time. And we're reading from 2 Kings chapter 3. I'm reading a few verses today. It's verses 9 to 19. Amen. Amen. And the word of the Lord says in 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 9. So the king of Israel went, and the king of Judah, and the king of Edom. And they fetched a compass of seven days' journey. Or other translations say they went in a circular journey, though, a circular route. And there was no water for the host, no water for the people and for the cattle that followed them. And the king of Israel said, Alas! that the Lord hath called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, Here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. And Elisha said unto the king of Israel, What have I to do with thee? Get thee to the prophets of thy father and to the prophets of your mother. And the king of Israel said unto him, No, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, as the Lord of hosts lives, before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look towards you nor see you. But now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. Verse 16 reads, And he said, Thus saith the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. 
For thus saith the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water that you may drink, both you and your cattle and your beasts. And this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He will deliver the Moabites also into your hand, and you shall smite every fenced city and every choice city, and shall fell every good tree, and stop all wells of water, and mar every good piece of land with stones. Amen. You may be seated. These three kings of Israel, uh, these three kings of Israel, Judah, and Edom go to war against the king of Moab, and they have, by every, uh, in every way, or in every, uh, in every way, they have the upper hand. They have the strategic advantage. So, number one, they have the numbers. It's three against one. Again, it's almost laughable. It's a clear victory. If you are in a battle and you're outnumbered, guess what? You're at a disadvantage. So they've got the advantage, first of all. Number two, they have the, um, they're making the first move. Again, in a battle, uh, if you study warfare, if you study military strategies or tactics, there are certain principles of battle. There are certain principles of warfare, and one of them is the principle of surprise. If you can take your enemy by surprise, if you can take him unawares, you are at the advantage and they are at a disadvantage. These three kings had the clear advantage. They had the strategic um, upper hand. And so they go. They, so they go uh, with the intent to battle. And now the king of Moab. If you study the Bible, that word Moab, it was a kingdom in ancient Bible times. And the word Moab means wash basin. It's where you go when you go to the toilet, you wash your hands. Before you eat, you wash your hands. It was a dirty place. It was unclean, and it represented that they were ungodly people. They were not the people of God. And the Bible talks about how they had rebelled. It talks about how he was a sheep master. He used to provide... 100,000 sheep and 100,000 rams to uh, the king of Israel. But that king died. And the Bible talks about how when the new king came up, that the king of Moab rebelled against him. So these three kings, Judah, Israel, and Edom, they go and they, are, they want to teach king, Mo, king of Moab a lesson. He rebelled and they're going to go teach him a lesson. They're going to go show him a thing or two. Amen. So the king of Moab had rebelled. And yet, what should have been a direct route and victory, it should have just been a straightforward get there, smash the enemy and go. It turned into what the Bible describes as a circuitous route. Or they walked in circles. They went around and around and around. And they kept going for the Bible says not just one, not just two, not just three days, but they went around and around for seven days until they ran out of water. How humiliating for a king to go into battle and to be defeated by logistics, by lack of resources. How humiliating. Their now strong army is now weak. 
and feeble from dehydration. There is no water. The people are dying. The animals are dying. There is no hope. And now even worse, they're stuck in a valley. Amen. And again, if you look at uh, uh, battle strategies or military or warfare, to be in a valley is not a good place. Amen. There's something called the advantage of terrain. And what that means, very simply, your location matters. Where you are, if you're in a mountain, you have the advantage. Even just the sheer advantage of you shoot a bow, gravity is going to help that go down. And if you're down in the valley, a valley is a low place between hills or mountains. If you're down in that valley and you try to shoot up, you're going to have to try a lot harder. They went from the clear advantage, strategic upper hand to a place of disadvantage. Amen. So now they're faced with a defeat. Despite their best efforts, despite all of their strategic planning, despite all of their human ability, they now face defeat. And not even a noble defeat in battle. They faced a humiliating defeat at their own lack of resources. Amen? I've come to tell somebody today who has reached a place where your human ability has failed you. All of your strategic planning has, is not working. All of your strategies aren't working. And maybe you found yourself in a valley. And you're in a place where you need a miracle. Amen. You're in a place where your best efforts just haven't cut it anymore. And your best human ability just hasn't gotten you to the place where you want to be. I have come to tell somebody today, if you know that you need a miracle and you need the divine intervention of God in your life, you are in the right place, church. You are in the right place for your miracle. But I have a message for the church that you need to make room for your miracle. Amen. Amen. It is not a matter of sitting back and waiting for the circumstances to change. But I, I exhort you, I adjure you, if God has given you a commandment or if he's given you any task to do, then you better do what you need to do because your miracle is not coming unless you make that room. Amen. The three kings called the prophet Elisha and he said in verse 16, Thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. The first thing he said was not the Lord's going to bring rain. He said, make this valley full of ditches. It was a command. It wasn't what, the, what God was going to do first. It was their responsibility. Church, we all have a responsibility. The Bible says to take up your cross and die daily. The Bible says he who puts his hand to the plow and turns back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Have you put your hand to the plow today? Have you put your hand to the plow? Are you giving God your everything? Have you obeyed the command of the Lord before you ask for your miracle? Amen. Why couldn't God just bring the rain? Why do we have to build, why do we have to dig ditches? Why do we have to make holes in this valley? Can't you just call the rain? Didn't Elijah do that? Didn't your master pray and it rained? 
God desires to have a partnership with His people, with His creation. We see this throughout the Bible. Amen, church? We see it from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. We see it in the prophets of old, how it was the rod of Moses that parted the Red Sea. It was God's miracle, but it was His vessel that He used. Amen. And you and I are the vessels of God today. In the church age, we are not just called to be the mouthpiece of God, but we are called to be the hands and the feet. Amen. That is our duty. And we ought to be sure of our duty. Amen. Last night, our youth president preached on the power of purpose. And he spoke of how we all have different callings. Some to be preachers. Some to be teachers. Some to be ushers, greeters, coffee makers. You name it. But we all have one purpose. Amen. And it is to serve the Lord. To love the Lord with all your heart soul, mind, and strength. Amen. We must make room for our miracle. It was only after they dug that valley full of ditches that the Lord brought water and filled them to make pools. Amen. They had no water, but they had to do the digging first. And maybe I I exhort you to look at yourself. Are there holes? Are there things that I need to dig out? Am I too full for God to pour into? He won't fill a full vessel, church. He will only fill an empty vessel. If you pour into a full jug, it's just going to spill everywhere. And our God's not a messy God. We need to empty ourselves before he can pour into us. Amen. And those same pools that he filled, that provision became their victory. Because the Bible talks about how he filled those pools and they did it. They didn't waste time, but the sun rose and the sun was blood red. And what happens when the sky is red and it's above some water? The water was red. Amen? And the Bible talks about how King Moab came and he saw and they said, There's blood everywhere. The kings have killed each other. It is our victory. The Lord will use whatever he wants, but he will bring your provision and he will bring your victory when you do your part. Amen. It is a partnership. Amen. We all have a responsibility, but where we are lacking, where we lack the ability, where we need a miracle, that is where God steps in. But he's not an enabler. If you have the ability, he'll get you to do it. Amen. Isn't that how we treat our children? They get old enough to take the bins out. You go take the bin out. You get old enough to brush your teeth. Well, you brush your teeth. Why would I brush your teeth when you can do that yourself? God will not do things that you can do yourself, but he will step into the gap. He will step into the place where we lack. Amen. Amen. So... As I come to a close, I'm going to open the altars. Amen. Amen. And I'm going to invite the musicians to come uh, and maybe play. But I really, I encourage you, church, to take a look at your heart, to take a look at your life and ask yourself, what ditches, what holes, what things do I need to dig in my life? The Bible says, Elisha said, he said, make this valley full of ditches. He didn't say, 
maybe one ditch or two ditch, it's time to move past giving a little or a few or a thing or two. It's time to give God everything. It's time to give over everything. It's time to pour out everything. Maybe we need to dig a little bit of dirt out of our lives. Maybe there's some things that are clogging the work of God in our life. Maybe we're asking for a miracle, but our expectation doesn't match what we're asking. We don't really believe that he's going to do it or he wants to do it. Amen? Maybe we need to take some time and pray about what is in our hearts. As Pastor spoke earlier today, that we, our hearts are deceitful. They're wicked above all else. Who can know them? But God is a searcher of the heart. His word is a diviner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Amen, church. So when we pray to him, he can show us. When we truly humble ourselves and ask him, Lord, would you show me? Would you change me? He will answer you, church. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. If we would all stand. Amen. Amen. These altars are open. I encourage you to come and find a place to pray. Find a place to seek the Lord. He will hear you. He will